It's time for Dan Riskin, Test Tube Thursday. Nice to have you. Good morning. Always a pleasure to talk to you, John. How are you? I'm good. And I sent you a text yesterday afternoon, actually, because I was listening to you co-hosting The Rush, and I thought you guys sounded great together. Well, listen, if you're working with Reshmi, it's, it's anybody could do it. She's fabulous, and I always have a great time. So thank you very much for your kind words. But really, Reshmi is the, the real powerhouse there. So a couple of times on the show, we've had uh, some messages from Mars, I guess we could call them. And you've got a new one? Yeah, this is another one. And this is neat because it was an accident. So, you know, sometimes scientists go to great lengths, they set up an experiment, they know exactly what they're going to get, they get the cameras all pointed in the right direction, they get the data, and then they present the data, and it's all fabulous. But sometimes they're lucky. And sometimes they just something lands in their lap. And that's what happened here. They've got this microphone that is its actual job is to listen while the laser beam on the Perseverance rover shoots rocks. So it shoots rocks, it vaporizes them, and then it looks at the cloud of dust that comes out and figures out what that rock was made of. But it also has this microphone to listen to the popping sound because that can give some added information about the age of the rock, which is which is pretty cool. But every once in a while, they can turn that microphone on for three minutes just to get some ambient sounds. And they rarely do that, but they happened to be doing it when a dust devil went right over the rover. So like, like, like it looks like a tornado, but it's a dust devil. So it's much weaker. And of course, on Mars, because the atmosphere is only 1% as thick as it is here on Earth, it's very thin there too. And so th they got this, uh, they got this audio of the dust devil as it passed right over the rover and pinged it with little pieces of rock and stuff like that. And I think, do we have audio of we that? We do. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. So that changed your life, I know. But it's cool to <laughs> it's cool to know me, what it is. You know, when you go swimming and you're lying in bed taking a nap and you realize your ears are full of water. Yeah, it's like that, but it was on Mars. It's, it's basically the same thing. Somebody listened to it and it counted 308 dust pings in the recording. So you'll be glad to know that uh, NASA scientists, somebody's working at NASA going like, I was going to study stars and now I have to count the dust pings in an audio recording. But they did it, uh, 308 little pings of dust. Um, and uh, they've got a pressure monitor on the rover and it could see how the pressure went down when this thing passed over. And it's just, it's cool. I mean, there was a, basically a one in 200 chance of getting this dust devil, of having the microphone on when this went over the rover and they just lucked out and got it and so of course they published it and, and it's just it's a neat little uh window into what life is like on mars i just love the idea of this rover rolling around on mars shooting lasers into rocks and blowing them up i mean that's you know like andy sandberg's space cats it's awesome. It, that's, and that's literally what it does. I, I, you know, it, sometimes the, the present feels a lot like the future. I always hate discovering the possibility that something everybody consumes is not good for you. So what's the problem with this sweetener? Me too. Mm. I also hate that. Uh, so aspartame uh, was approved in 1981. It's in lots of uh, drinks. Thousands of uh, different products have aspartame in them. It's an artificial sweetener. And uh, this is a, a lab that was looking at changes in behavior that are caused by different molecules and how they last from generation to generation. And so they use mice and they've been looking at nicotine and they've been looking at what happens when one mouse gets a lot of nicotine and then it fathers offspring. Do those offspring show changes? And for some reason, they turned their attention to aspartame. And so they basically gave these mice water that was either just fresh water, or it was water with aspartame, so it would have been sweeter. Um, and the amount of aspartame was equivalent to like between six and eight cans of pop 
every day for humans for 12 weeks. So just to give you a sense of how much we're talking about here. And what they found is they were looking for subtle changes and they found that these mice all of a sudden started acting very anxious. And they saw this in the way they were traversing their little mazes and also other behaviors they were doing, really high anxiety, anxiety that the, the, the scientists could treat with anxiety drugs. Diazepam is a drug that they give people with anxiety. They were able to treat the anxiety of these mice. So really clear link in the mice, whether this happens with humans or not, we don't know. Um, but the really scary thing is that this stuck around for two generations. So if a male was exposed to all this aspartame and then fathered offspring, those offspring were also anxious more anxious than their their other ones in their generation and then their offspring were also more anxious and so this suggests that aspartame may not only affect the people drinking it but also the uh, offspring that they have afterwards which is uh, pretty sobering so there'll be more work on this for sure absolutely thanks for this good to have you today Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Dan Riskin is our science expert. He joins us on Thursdays, Test Tube Thursdays, with his favorite science stories of the week.